0: So I was playing this game on my iPad for a little while that was just like I don't know there were little like iconography type pictures mm-hmm. and you had to guess like who it the was. logo kind of yeah but it was like so there was like Hulk Hogan oh. so it would ju- it was like the top half was like flesh colored with like a strip of red and a yellow mustache Mm-hmm. And you know, and it was like in the category of like reality stars or something like that. So anyway, I'll have to show it to you later. But anyway, it was a fun game. But there was one that was like rappers, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, and I was doing pretty good. Okay, and I was like, I cannot fucking figure out who this is. And so eventually, I ended. I ended up using like two clues. Right, so it gave me a cut, like a cl- like a clue, like he's, you know, this is who this is, mm-hmm. to guess from there, and then it gave me the letters, like some of the letters in his in this person's name, to scramble around. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't fucking figure this out. So I texted Peaches, and I go, Who the fuck is Paint? <laughs> and <laughs> he goes. What are you talking about? And I explained it to him. And I was like, I sent him like a screenshot of it. And I was like, who is paint? (laughs) And he goes, you're an idiot. That's (laughs) (laughs) T-Pain. So, so then like five minutes later, I get a doodle that he has sent me. Mm -hmm. And it's a picture of Mm T-Pain that he has doodled in him holding like a paint palette and a paintbrush. Yeah. <laughs> and it says something like, "My name's Paint," <laughs> and now every time Pitas calls me, that pops up. Oh, and it's really funny. So, that's part one of the T Pain story. And so, when we were watching Masked Singer, mm-hmm. and Danny and I knew it was T Pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we were talking and stuff, and Danny goes, and "Danny goes, oh." You're kind of like T Pain, and I was like, "I'm sorry. Can you explain to me how I <laughs> am like T Pain?" And she goes, "Well, because you're kind of nerdy, like T Pain, mm-hmm. and you're you're fuzzy and cuddly like he is, <laughs> in his little monster costume." <laughs> Danny has a crush on T Pain, and exactly, <laughs> yep. And so that is how. I am like T Pain. <laughs> Calling you I don't know. K Pain. Uh no, I did used to have um a nickname that a friend gave me and it was K K Because <laughs> it was Cassie Bear. Yeah. And then it got shortened to K B Z K B Z. k Hi. Hello. Hello there. Uh welcome.
1: Welcome to in.
0: uh to our podcast, That Broad's Got Moxie. That Broad's Got Moxie. I am Kiana. I am KBZ. <laughs> A.K.A. A.K.A. Cassie. Cassie. <laughs> Gosh. That's, uh, no, that just doesn't work. <laughs> it's fun to write, though. What's your podcast name? Right. That's my It's a MC KBZ. I said KBZ. KBZ. You're KBZ. You're Kibeasy. I'm I called you Kiki the other day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This I was like, I feel like I like it. I think I asked you, you that. Yeah, you asked me I was permission. Like, <laughs> I was like, can I call you Kiki? And you're like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Because names called... don't matter to you. It's true. <laughs> I do like, I had a, um, a few of my friends throughout my life have called me Keeks. Keeks? Mm-hmm. I like that. I just thought that was fun. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Well, the more time we spend together, you'll get all kinds trend. of nicknames cuz so i have a cat named nugget mm-hmm. who i call birds <laughs> <laughs> unrelated Unrelated. <laughs> really, just you know it happens mm. yeah this is episode 10
1: it is this episode is 10 a, oh my gosh it's a milestone
0: oh my gosh i can't believe we made it to 10 i know i got a gift you got a gift free for the room no you don't yeah i do no you don't it's oh my gosh <laughs> So I had a full-ass backpack when I came in and not my literal <laughs> see-through purse. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so excited. What is it? <gasps> Synonyms for the word great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just a poster <laughs> for the room. This is the best. Oh, my gosh, guys. I'm taking a picture of this. We will put it at the bee's knees. Oh, my gosh. Primo. A1. Primo. Phenomenal. Oh, Stupendous. my gosh. That is so good. Look at your pretty handwriting. Thank you. Oh my, that is beautiful. I am so excited. I was literally just talking about this. I was like, I just bought a big thing of poster board so I can hang something up behind Kiana's head so I can (laughs) look at synonyms because words evade me all the time. You said that and I was like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, but I didn't have enough time to do it. And then here you go fucking showing up with this beautiful, oh oh my gosh, fantastic, fantastic sensational spectacular <laughs> sign oh all the words all of the words are happening yeah i was like episode 10 we gotta mark it with something oh my gosh this is so great <laughs> i don't have anything for i didn't do anything for us it's i okay. gave you candy yeah i gave yes, you Easter candy that you feed me every, time I come <laughs> over. every day is a gift when i come here <laughs> i just bring juice bring juice And your face, and and now a sign, and now a sign of synonyms, the synonym sign. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! Oh, that's so great! I can't. I'm just, I'm just so happy about it. I was afraid I wasn't gonna be able to keep it a secret, but I did it. You sure did. You were shocked. Got you. I was very shocked. Fucking got you (laughs) when you were like, "I have a gift." I was like, "Oh, that's, oh, that's cute. You're doing something fun." Her, and I was like, no, she, oh, she's actually, oh, she's got some. She's pulled something out. <laughs> yes. Oh, so now we perfect. have something in our and now we can elevate our content by not just saying great. Or what do I say all the time? Incredible. Is incredible. incredible on there? Incredible is on there. Okay. Well. Unreal. unreal. I li- I, brilliant. I'm going to use brilliant a lot more. Awe inspiring. I like that. I like A1 and Primo. Yeah. <laughs> Those are real good. <laughs> I also just like Neat. Neat? Is neat on there? Yeah. It is? (laughs) Although, I got to tell you, sometimes when you say neat, it Mm -hmm. sounds so sarcastic when you're like, oh, neat. (laughs) Like, oh, she thinks that's the lamest thing ever. I want to start saying neat more. I think it's cool. Good. I want to start saying brilliant more because it makes me feel British. (laughs) They're my people, so I feel like I should say more of their words. Yeah. I already try to use the word pissed mm-hmm. for drunk because it yeah. really tickles me. Um, what, are, what are little Britishisms? Oh, when you want to ask somebody where they're from mm-hmm. or if they're like, oh, I'm from London, mm-hmm. you say whereabouts. Whereabouts? Yeah. Oh, I like that. Okay. They say that a lot. Nat says bastard all the time. She calls everything a bastard something. (laughs) I like that a lot. (laughs) And what was it that I... Nat, if you're listening, Nat is our friend from London. Mm -hmm. And when she listened to the first episode of of this podcast, (laughs) she (laughs) went on a tirade about how funny she thought it was that Alice had snakes in her purse. And she called, what did she call her? Uh, in the in the message. Oh, she said, the bird carried around a fucking snake. And <laughs> Kiana goes, a bird didn't carry a snake. <laughs> and we were all very confused. Well, <laughs> I know what a bird is. But uh, just in the context, in context it, took me it was a long time. It was very funny. Nat, we fucking love you. Nat, I don't know you. Hi. I'm Kiana. Hi. i <laughs> like to get to know you. <laughs> She's great. Nat, Nat and her girlfriend are going to come visit us. Oh, nice. Hopefully sometime soon. Nice. Yeah. Emma, what's up? <laughs> 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 All right. Now that we got our fucking shout-outs out of the way. We have to talk about something. Tell me. It's my birthday. It is your birthday. Coming up. Yeah. What day does this come out? This will come out. This episode comes out uh, March. Was it 10th? Nope, April 10th. April, that's what I meant. April 10th. It's past March 10th. Yeah. <laughs> yep, so, your birthday's birthday. is coming up. It's April 15th. Oh yeah. How old are you going to be? Drown up? 23. I'm sorry. Nobody likes you when you're 23. I'll still like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm that much older than you are? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I'm 29. Let's. I always forget how old I am. Look, I do too. I feel like I'm older. And then I have to remind... I have to figure out... We did this just earlier today <laughs> yeah. when I was like, I'm... How old am I? And then I have to figure out how old Danny is to figure out how old I am. <sighs> Look, things it's are... It's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. Yeah. My boyfriend has the same birthday as me. You know this, Uh uh-huh. Seth. And I just don't get a day to myself anymore. You don't? Because really, every once in a while, I, this happened on our last birthday. Mm-hmm. I was like, can you get this for me? He was like, no. And I was like, oh, it's my birthday. I want you to go get it. And he was like, it's my birthday. I don't want to go get it. <laughs> like, Fuck you. Oh, oh, that, yeah, that doesn't work on that day. I never get anything to myself. <laughs> oh, that was a bummer. Also, yeah. there's so many people mourning the Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Abraham Lincoln. Oh, gosh. The Taxes? Oh, yeah. Taxes are filing their taxes. That's a bad day. Except it's my birthday. Except it's your birthday. What are we doing? What are you doing? I straight up don't know. All right. Well, <laughs> let's straight up figure something out. It's usually, well, I assume either the 13th and the 14th or either the 20th and 21st. Oh, that's right. I'm going to be going to... All the family events. <laughs> going out to dinner with my parents. Probably go out to breakfast with Zeth's mom, and then Zeth's dad, we're going to do something. And then my uncle likes to take me places, and then I have to do things, and mm-hmm. then with my friends, and... Oof. I'm just so loved. It's You're so overloved. So, it's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> Everybody fucking loves Kiana. Everybody loves me, and honestly, like, get over it. <laughs> she can't help it that she's so popular. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, i'm very thankful for everybody who loves me it's true there's a lot of them and we do love you very much you know what else i'm thankful for tell me our listeners i agree our listeners are fucking rad yeah so to all of you out there happy birthday (laughs) happy (laughs) birthday happy 10th episode happy 10 Fucking share us tell everybody you know about us Doing a little shoulder shimmy. You're getting a little shoulder shimmy, and I can't. I'm, you're very distracting. <laughs> uh, and her ethereal goddess dress. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Well, you got your doodle pad ready over there? Danny's okay. in the room with us. We always Danny's, it. <laughs> We <laughs> always... She's always here. She's always listening to me say, um. Mm hmm. Uh. <laughs> Mubby. Mubby. <laughs> that was totally accidental. I couldn't, I couldn't even help myself. It's oh huh, man, it just happened. Oh, I just <laughs> held up a big. So Danny, just so everybody knows this, we're gonna let you in on a little secret and how we do this. <laughs> So Kiana and I face each other across our little podcast table, mm-hmm. which is really just a piece of wood on top of a Rubbermaid tote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Danny sits on the futon, to my to my right, Kiana's left. And instead of talking to us, she's got a whiteboard <laughs> that she scribbles little notes on. We fancy. <laughs> that was what Danny just said. <laughs> so prior to her writing we fancy on it <laughs> she wrote murder in all caps after i said um so this is how this fucking goes down guys we have a real professional setup around here we do we drink cocktails and danny yells at us on a on a whiteboard <laughs> <laughs> um ready? Are We I, I'm ready i am ready who are you doing i'm going first <clears throat> yeah all right Uh, this is a good one. I had so much fun researching this one. So, I'm talking about Ma Rainey and the Lady Lovers of the Blues era. Ooh. Oh yeah. Pick up. I have not heard. Oh. Oh, she's a peach. Okay. So, uh, real quick, I read two articles. Just kidding. One article. And it's called Bulldikers and Lady Lovers. The rumors about lesbian blues singers were all true. <gasps> What's a bulldiker? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> a bull, a quote-unquote bulldike, or in, like, in my story specifically, mm-hmm. an old, an old term was a bulldagger mm-hmm. is, it's from somebody who is not of this particular group mm-hmm. is in a kind of an offensive way of saying like a butch lesbian. Okay, like someone who presents really masculine. Well, oh, I'm sorry, I just screamed it. No, out that's of okay. My... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <There's>, uh, <laughs> did <know. laughs> There are there are a lot of women who refer to themselves as that, mm-hmm. but really, what it comes down to is like if you identify as that. It's fine, but that. also, like, how you say it. Like, if you put a little stank on it, mm-hmm. it makes it a whole lot worse than just using the term. Context matters. Context, absolutely. <laughs> I um, sounded very jovial when I said you it. You sure did. You were real happy about it. <laughs> I thought I did something fun. <laughs> oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I read... Oh, that, that article is by Megan Day. Mm-hmm. And then... I read Ma Rainey's page on Biography.com, mm-hmm. and there's also a short documentary called Taint Nobody's Business, Queer Blues Divas of the 1920s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Okay. <clears throat> so, we're going to talk a little bit specifically about Ma Rainey, just because I thought her story was really interesting, mm-hmm. but honestly, I could have written pages about all all of these women. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about Ma Rainey and then kind of delve into a couple of the other like real big names. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I'm excited. I, I, I am too. <laughs> okay. Ma Rainey, born Gertrude Pridget, was mm-hmm. born on April 26th, 1886 in Columbus, Georgia. Her parents, Thomas and Ella, were both performers in a minstrel troupe. So, she grew up singing and dancing, and at the age of 14, she won a local talent show that was called A Bunch of Blackberries. Well. <laughs> <laughs> because it's Georgia in the early 1900s, and boy, howdy. They really... <laughs> uh, I'm just going to sip my cocktail. Racism is bad. <laughs> like, really bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, just to be clear, That's, it's bad. It's Yeah, we're not joking about that. No. Also, it's terrible. Yeah. So in 1904, she married William Rainey, uh, who was a, like a comedian and a singer and a performer. And they quickly became known as Ma and Pa Rainey. Uh, they toured the South doing tent shows and cabarets. Hmm. During their travels, Ma encountered traditional country blues music which is um slight it's slightly different like when you listen to it she really liked the sound and uh the sound and like the feel of it and she began incorporating it into her repertoire so at first she started she started singing the songs that she heard from other people Mm -hmm. and then started to kind of write her own and made up her own words and stuff like that while performing with the moses stokes troupe Ma met and hired Bessie Smith, who was a newly recruited singer and dancer, and they became fast friends, and eventually more than friends. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Ooh. Sexy eyes from across the room. So spicy. hmm Side note, Bessie Smith was played by Queen Latifah, who Danny is in love with, <laughs> um, in a movie called Bessie. That came out in two thousand fourteen. Okay, I think that sounds vaguely familiar because yeah. I also like Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you guys were talking about it earlier. Yeah, that's right. So Ma separated from Pa <laughs> after twelve years of marriage, but continued to tour with her own band, uh, the Smart Sets. She re- re- she recorded her first single called "Bow Weevil Blues." What's a bow Weevil? It's a bug. <laughs> I So I got nothing. I don't know. I, I said it and was like, oh no, is it a slur? <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> I'm glad. Just, okay, it's just a little bug. Uh, it's just a bug. It's fine. So she recorded Bowieble Blues with Paramount in 1923. And later that same year, released Moonshine Blues. With another singer named Lovey Austin. Yonder Come the Blues with the famous Louis Armstrong. Who's that? He's I'm just kidding. Oh, I was like, <laughs> he's a trumpet player. How do you not know this? And CeCe Ryder. And CeCe Ryder would become one of the most recorded and most famous of all blues songs. Like, it's been recorded by, like, I think I read like a hundred different artists. Whoa. Yeah. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Uh, Ma secured her position as the mother of the blues. Because she went by the name Ma. Oh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) She's really. Was that? Manifested that herself. She conceived. Yeah. Oh, oh, Mm -hmm. look at that. Look at us. (laughs) She was a shrewd businesswoman and a professional on the stage. During her five-year recording career at Paramount, she cut nearly 90 sides, which just means that she did, like, 90 albums. Mm -hmm. Her songs were diverse, yet deeply rooted in day-to-day experiences of Black people from the South. Sorry, this is a quote, by the way. Ma Rainey's blues were simple, straightforward stories about heartbreak, promiscuity, drinking binges, the odyssey of travel, the workplace, and the prison road gang magic and superstition Hmm. in short the southern landscape of african americans in the post reconstruction era so everything that black people were going through after after the emancipation proclamation and doing this whole thing just everything she was it appealed to everybody yeah um and that's like everyone loved her so she toured the Midwest and Northeast US with her accompaniment the Wild Cats Jazz Band which I think that was a great that's name. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> she was real extra. Love it. <laughs> Although she was known by some as quote the ugliest woman in show business. That's rude. <laughs> it's real rude. It's I was like I mean no that's terrible to say. She performed draped in long gowns. Hell yeah. Covered in diamonds. Hell yeah. She had a, she always wore a necklace made of, like, gold dollar pieces. Okay. (laughs) She also had a mouthful of gold teeth that sparkled in the spotlight. (laughs) And when you see, I'll post pictures of her. When you see pictures of her, it's like, oh, yeah, those are, they're either all gold. Mm -hmm. Like, her, her whole mouth is either all gold or some of them have, like, Essentially, like porcelain, porcelain like onlays. So it's just gold all the way around the outside. You said <laughs> just, onlays, and I'm like, girl, girl, else is gonna know that <laughs> nobody knows what an onlay is. But you'll see, they're perfect. They're so fun. I just, I like imagining her on stage, like wrapped in a stole or whatever. Oh yeah, and somebody being like, you're the ugliest girl in show business, and her being like, how are you calling me ugly? You're broke. <laughs> Just like, do you see my mouth full of gold? What do you... Goodbye. You hungry? Can't afford food? Get out. (laughs) (laughs) She's an ice cold bitch, for sure. Maybe not. That's all conjecture. This is all conjecture. (laughs) (laughs) This is my imagination. She was... She's a real wild woman, though. She... She, she she becomes a thing. She often opened her stage show by singing moonshine blues and they would have, do you know what a Victrola is? No. Okay. So a Victrola is, is like an old record player, like a big, like with a big gramophone, Mm -hmm. the big, you know, thing on the top. So they would have like this giant oversized Victrola on the stage and it would like a little door on it on the cabinet part would open and she'd come out of it and people would lose their fucking minds. Uh-oh. <laughs> Which I thought was really fun. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Gotta make an entrance. Yeah. She's like, I am gonna put on a show for these people. Like many others who found themselves in the middle of a renaissance. Ma led a Christian life on Sunday morning But lived on the wild side every other day of the week. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, here we go. We're getting (laughs) into the good stuff. So, we're going to set the scene. It's New York City. It's 1925. Middle of the Harlem Renaissance. Okay. So, for anybody who doesn't know, just a little side note here. So, there's this thing called the Great Migration that began around 1916 wherein many black people moved into the Northeast and Midwest states to get out of the South mm-hmm. because it was shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Segregation and racism, huge problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, duh. <laughs> yeah. And there were lots more jobs available mm-hmm. um, in those other parts of the country because of World War I. Yeah. Okay. So all of these millions of people are moving to a whole different part of the country, Mm-hmm. And specifically, Harlem in New York welcomed a massive influx of black residents and became a hub of African-American culture, mm-hmm. which sounds so fucking cool. We, we briefly mentioned, I think, maybe just the word in the Madam C.J. Oh. Walker episode. Oh, don't you worry, honey. We're getting there. Oh. There's a connection. Oh. oh it'll shake you. Oh, you're going to be <laughs> shook. <laughs> Oh, that noise. I'll never get over it. Mm. Where are we? Harlem Renaissance. Harlem Renaissance. It's an explosion of fashion, music, art, and literature. Mm -hmm. Lots of really important black artists and musicians and creators came out of this whole time period. People were coming into their own and finding a life for themselves That was very different from that of their parents and grandparents because many of them had been slaves. Mm -hmm. The neighborhood was a safe space to explore and create, and many prominent participants were of the LGBTQ persuasion. There's a man named Thomas H. Worth who wrote a book called Gay Rebel of the Harlem Renaissance. And he said... The movement that enabled outsider Negro artists to emerge as a group for the first time was also the movement that enabled gay and lesbian artists to express their sexuality with a greater degree of freedom than at any other period in American history. I I, I didn't know this. I did not know this either. And that's part of the reason why I found this... Danny found this article Mm -hmm. and we... I started reading, and I was like, oh, this is happening. Because it blew my mind. I was like, I'm sorry. It's the mid-1920s. I The 20s is really fun. I know a lot about the 20s, because mm-hmm. I was a little bit obsessed with The Great Gatsby. I thought you were going to say you were alive for some reason. <laughs> and I was going to have to be like, no, don't lie. <laughs> was, I, I was living another life at that point in time. <laughs> I was definitely a flapper. Definitely drinking, like... Copious amounts of gin. I was drinking bathtub gin. I was like Miss Hannigan, but not Miss Hannigan. Yeah. Sans the terrible part. (laughs) Um, But like the little girl, little girl. Like, absolutely, that's me. (laughs) My, so we've talked about our parties before Mm at the Alamo. My sister wanted me to host her 30th birthday party when she turns 30. She's like 28. Okay. She's years. I'm coming to that fucking party. But she was. She wants it Great Gatsby themed. She's yes! wanted a Great Gatsby themed party for a long time. And mm-hmm. I was like, listen, the Alamo parties are only stupid. Like, we're not going to throw you a big fancy thing. Mm-hmm. And so what do we do? We're spitballing, talking about what's the funniest, dumbest thing that can happen in the 20s. And I was like, oh, the Great Depression. And so, <laughs> and so the idea, I, I'm going to say it because I don't think it'll ever happen, so it's not yeah. a spoiler. But mm-hmm. it was like, halfway through the party... We just take everybody's alcohol, because prohibition also, <laughs> take all the food, and the only place you can get alcohol will be in a bathtub. And you hit everybody with a sock full of dirt. <laughs> and, like, you have to know the password to get in, and then maybe we'll have a, a bust from the feds in the oh middle of the party. Oh, gosh. I love this idea. <laughs> that sounds... So funny. So it's like, what's oh, another 20s party? Perfect. 1930s market crash, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prohibition. I'm into it. We temperance. Were, <laughs> we were just talking. <laughs> temperance. No, ma'am. <laughs> Side note. The, we were just talking about, I was talking about this with Jen at work mm-hmm. because it's Eddie's 90th birthday. Oh yeah. Uh, coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, and he wants 100 cupcakes. And he wants... not not 100, you're 90. <laughs> you know. Am I going to get in trouble? No. <laughs> Eddie's a fucking peach, and Jen will think this is hysterical. But we were talking about, like, what kind of theme should we have for Eddie's birthday? I was mm-hmm. like, when, when was he born? Well, he was born in the 30s. I was like, well, we could have a depression party. <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah, good stuff. What a dark point in history. I'm sorry. It was... <laughs> It was, it was bleak, but yeah. we came back. Why don't you, why didn't for his 90th birthday have a 90s themed party? But grunge. Beca- have it in a dumpster. <laughs> I don't know that Eddie would be super keen on that. He likes Oreos and root beer. We need to not put him in a dumpster for have, a grunge party. and can have Oreos and or root beer in a dumpster. Oh my gosh. This is like why I'm Nirvana. the party planner at work and you're not. If I have parties at work... Uh too much. Yeah, we won't go there. Where am I? Okay. So sidetracked. We got sidetracked, we're back on. Something. Yes. It's the 1925 Harlem Renaissance. Oh yeah. So the blues found a happy home in the speakeasies and gin joints of Harlem. Ma Rainey, her protege and possible lover, it goes back and forth, but mm-hmm. For the sake of, for the sake of history's sake, her lover, Bessie Smith, and Lucille Bogan were called the big three of the blues. They were the top of the top, the, the creamed corn. Nope. Cream of the crop. (laughs) Creamed corn? (laughs) Thank you. Add that on the list for great cream corn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to pee my pants. Oh, man. Okay. Cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. And they were all open to, to varying degrees about their queer proclivities. Mm-hmm. Ma Rainey. Uh, this is... I'm just going to give you some, like... I'm dropping lyrics. I don't know the Hmm. tune because I had a hard time finding some of these. But I'm going to read you the lyrics and you're going to really like them. Uh, Ma Rainey, song about her love of women in a song called Prove It On Me. And the lyrics went, Went out last night with a crowd of my friends. They must have been women because I don't like no men. (laughs) (laughs) It's true I wear a collar and a tie. Talk to the girls just like any old man. Don't you say I do it. Ain't nobody caught me. You sure got to prove it on me. So I would just like to point out real quick that it was illegal. Yeah. To to be openly queer. Yeah. Which is not great. Yeah. She did Ma Rainey, actually at one point. So she was having a big party at her house mm. with a bunch of gals. And it got too loud, uh-huh. and the police came and stormed the place, and everybody scattered <laughs> like a bunch yeah. of cockroaches. Yeah. And Ma Rainey tried to leave, and then I read that she, like, she actually, like, fell down the stairs. And so <laughs> they were like, well, we got you now. <laughs> uh, so she was arrested mm-hmm. for, you That's know, nice. being disorderly and I think a lot of people said like oh it was an orgy mm-hmm. we don't know that it necessarily was but anyway the next day Bessie Smith came and bailed her out of jail. Oh. What a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> friend. Friend, quote unquote. Yeah. I had I had friends until I was like, oh these are more than friends for sure. So Bessie Smith. We're talking about Bessie Smith for a second. She spe- <laughs> Bessie Smith spent many a night with her lady lovers while on the road away from her husband. Oh. She was once overheard saying, "The hell with you bitch, I got twelve women on this show, and I can have one every night if I want <laughs> And I was like, "Oh, she's yelling at girl!" <laughs> she was yelling at a, a suitor. Not a suitor, I think someone that another girl who she was having a fling with, and she was like, um, I don't need you. <laughs> you are irreplaceable <laughs> to the left, to the no, left. No, you are replaceable. You are replaceable. <laughs> God damn it. You know what? I tried. I tried. I knew what I was talking about. Whatever. She's like, to the left, there's <laughs> there's a line of women that I can have whenever I want. Yeah. She was I'm a creamed corn bitch. She is. You know what? <laughs> I can have anybody I am tired <laughs> of this creamed corn nonsense. <laughs> I never want it to die. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna make you a shirt that says "I'm the creamed corn." <laughs> uh, so she later sang in a song. I can't. I didn't find what the, the name of the song was, but it says, "When you see two women walking hand in hand, just look them over and try to understand." They'll go to those parties, have the lights down low, only those parties where women can go. And I was like, ooh, girl. And then Lucille Bogan wrote a song called BD Woman Blues, uh, which is a song about her affinity for, like I said at the very beginning, bull dagger, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, women. And that... That's one of those body tunes that made people go, oh, yeah. Mm, what did she say? What I think, yeah, I think she said what I think she said. Hmm. In the more underground world, so this was real. Those three real mainstream, everybody knew who they were. They played in very popular places. Mm-hmm. More underground, in the world of gay-friendly blues clubs and bars you would find Gladys Bentley, who is also a trip. Heard of Gladys Bentley. She's great. Yes, you have probably heard of her. She's a singer who performed racy tunes, dressed in a tuxedo, and Mm -hmm. she wore her hair real, like, real short, like a men's cut. Mm -hmm. She performed in packed nightclubs and bars, like Harry Hansberry's Clam House. Which I would love to just point out real quick. Yeah. (laughs) That this place is called Harry Hansbury's Clam House. Yeah. And it's a gay... It's a gay bar. Yeah. Right? And in Portland, there used to be a place called the Fish House downtown Yeah, that was right next to the Red Cap, which also was, like, a gay bar. And I was like, what is with these people? And naming... It was the fish grotto. You're right. Correction. Corrections corner. <laughs> it was called the fish, the fish grotto, not the fish house. But I was like, what is with these people and naming their gay bars uh, f- about, like, undersea creatures? Clam house, fish grotto. There's an awful lot of... <laughs> <There's a> yeah. <laughs> lot of, I mean, there's a lot of... I think it's hilarious. I just wanted to point that out. Anyway. Uh, so she performed in the, the clam house. And was often backed by a chorus line of drag queens. Mm. And I was like, I I would have been irregular (laughs) at this place. (laughs) I'd be like, I'm sorry, it's the 20s. We're going to go listen to blues music. I can wear my fancy ass flapper dress Mm -hmm. and smoke a cigarette in one of those big, long, fancy holders. Mm -hmm. Have feathers in my hair. Mm -hmm. And see a chorus line of drag queens? That sounds like a real Saturday night to me. I think you can do that now. I'm we should (laughs) oh my gosh okay you know what for your sister's 30th (laughs) (laughs) new plan uh Kyla right yep okay Kyla listen to Cassie (laughs) here's the plan Mm -hmm. we're gonna dress up as flappers Mm -hmm. we're gonna go see drag queens in a chorus line yep and then we'll go home and drink gin and do the Charleston drink gin from a bathtub. For, that is very like you have to stick to your face in it, like you're bobbing for apples. I mean, you can use a ladle. I mean, I but guess. I, was, <laughs> I just, I don't want gin from a bottle because I'm not a basic bitch. <laughs> I was just gonna say I have a bottle of gin at right as you were like, and <laughs> I want to drink gin from a bottle. Who gin from bottles anymore? We're so past that. It's 2019. I don't have a bathtub. I have to drink out of a bottle. I just have a a shower. I don't have a (laughs) get a cloth with bathtub outside. Put an umbrella over it. I could because I wanted a bathtub so bad for a long time. Mm. We contemplated several options, including but not limited to an inflatable bathtub. Ooh, Um, one of those big horse troughs (laughs) that you can fill with water. Okay. Okay, one second. I'm abandoning yeah. the bathtub gin. I want horse trough gin. That's the wave of the future. It is the wave of the future. Also, we contemplate, like we contemplated like a big rubber maid that just we just drill a hole in that it. was <laughs> like we I can't I won't do that. I am Mm -mm. You'll just live without a bathtub. I'll just live without a bathtub. That's why whenever we stay in a hotel, I make sure it has a huge bathtub. I was going to say, when you go on vacation, just get a bathtub. Our Airbnb in London has a big, glorious bathtub. I was like, every night, girl, bath time for Cassie. (sighs) Gin and bathtubs. Where am I? Okay, Gladys Bentley. She later moved to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. where she became a frequent headliner at Mona's 440 Club, okay. which is often considered the first lesbian bar in America. Oh. And their, like, their slogan, like, their tagline was, um, where girls will be boys. Oh. And I like that. I saw a picture <laughs> of it. It's somebody has, like, an ashtray hmm From the bar, and it says, Mona's 440, where girls will be boys. And I was like, that's oh, so great. That's cool. That's cool that they mm-hmm. still have it, presumably. I th- I don't know if it's still there. I think it was. I meant the tray. Oh, oh. I thought you meant the bar. Because I was like, I think it was, but I don't think it is right now. I think it's only been gone for a couple of years. That's too bad. It is too bad. Lesbian bars disappearing all over the place, including Portland. But... That's another issue. Let's open a bar. Let's. Danny and I have it. talked about it a lot. Let's call it that brad has got moxie. Fuck yes. No music, just us. <laughs> <laughs> just us getting drunk, talking about creamed corn. And gin. And gin in bathtubs. That's, where, that's what we serve. We serve exclusively gin from a horse trough. <laughs> just convince people we real bougie. Mm-hmm. Uh I would heckle everybody that I saw trying to like get people's numbers anyway. Keep that in. Most performers <laughs> were were less out and proud about their relationships with women. Mm. The, the singer Alberta Huntley lived a very low-key private life with her partner Lottie Tyler, Ethel Waters, and Ethel Williams, who perfor- they performed together on stage as quote the two ethels. That's the only name I wanted. <laughs> I would have been upset with anything else. <laughs> why why didn't we name our podcast the two ethels? And then I mean we're not named Ethel. But it would be funny. <laughs> so they they went to great lengths to conceal their relationship. And there was a big distinction between feminine women who took female lovers mm-hmm and women who had relationships with like out butch lesbians. Mhm. Pretty like completely totally separate camps. So Josephine Baker, mhm I have heard. Yes, we have heard about her. For anybody who hasn't, she's a very talented French jazz singer and a vaudeville performer. Mm-hmm. Real sassy, also gorgeous. She's known for the banana skirt, right? Yes. Okay. Her costume is all bananas. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we have no bananas. <laughs>
1: uh, we have no
0: bananas today. Because Josephine Baker took all the bananas. Who wanted a... Who's talking about bananas? All I wanted was a hot dog sandwich. Who wants bananas? Yeah, anyway. Hot dog sandwiches are better. <laughs> what? That's from the song. Oh, I That's thought That's how you, that song ends. I thought you were having a stroke. <laughs> I was like, first of all, hot dogs, not sandwiches. Now I was going to say, never in my life would I willingly call it a hot dog sandwich. No. Okay, guys. So, for our listeners who don't understand our yes, we have no bananas jokes. Danny It's none insisted. of your goddamn business. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. No, just kidding. Danny insisted that Kiana explain, yes, we have no bananas. Get, I, take it away. I, one night, was looking up free songs that you can use because after a certain amount of time it's like 100 years it's like 100 years you the song becomes public domain can't be 100 this is from the 30s <laughs> 75 i think that make more sense whatever some amount of years oh tomato tomato um some amount of years and so i was looking at i don't know what year but it was from the 20s and the, the number one song at the time, or one of the top songs of, of the time, is this song called, Yes, We Have No Bananas. <laughs> and it's just a fun little bop. And now we sing it. All the time. All the time. And we can, because it's free. <laughs> we sure can. We can it's sing public. all we fucking want to. Yeah. Yeah. Bananas. Banana dresses. It's on Spotify. Go listen to it. It's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> I just put, I will absolutely be talking about her in a future episode, because I love Josephine Baker. Ugh. Josephine Baker. <laughs> what did you say? I whispered. I whispered under my breath. Well, I wanted to do Josephine Baker, but okay. Oh, okay. Well, you can. No, if you, you can do it. Okay, whatever. Don't give me that look. <laughs> Fucking dare daggers at me from across the street. Across the street. <laughs> Oh, boy. Goodbye. Bye, bitch. I'm across the street. Kiana's actually across the street. We're not in the same room. <laughs> She's sitting in the neighbor's living room, mm-hmm. and we just happen to be. Hey, Nancy. Thanks for the beans. <laughs> that's the that's neighbor across the street in my mind. She's right next door, actually. Is her name actually Nancy? Yes, it is. I just came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nancy, right next door. She's lovely. Sorry, Nancy. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, Where the fuck am I? Josephine Baker, French jazz singer, banana, sh- banana dress. Uh, She had many lesbian affairs, including one with Frida Kahlo. Did anybody know this? I didn't. I didn't, I didn't either. know they were alive at the same time. Yeah, they sure I, were. Years evade me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... She's Josephine Baker said we had girl friendships and the famous lady lovers, but lesbians weren't well accepted in show business. So, people, like I said, these women who were having relationships with very clearly out lesbians were like, mm. they were not part of the uh, part of the group. Okay, behind closed doors. You could do whatever and whomever. <laughs> oh, here's the bombshell that I'm just going to drop on you. Uh, we're coming full circle. I'm ready. And connecting some stories. So there was a dancer and her name was Mabel Hampton. Okay. She, talking to, you know, this uh, author about a book, remembered walking into a quote-unquote party uh-huh. hosted by um where am i quote-unquote party hosted by black heiress and arts patron alalia walker good (laughs) (laughs) naked people everywhere good (laughs) mood lighting soft music what color lights blue oh that's kind of gross why is that gross i I like blue lighting You want it to be red? Because red seems a little ominous. I didn't want it to be (laughs) red. Gosh. No. Why? This is unimportant. It's not important. Okay. (laughs) Shut up and listen. Okay. Mood lighting. Soft music. Big oversized pillows. Like the one that you're sitting on right now. Okay. (laughs) It was like, oh, I bet they were big cushy pillows. Like the one that Kiana is currently resting her tuchus. Ladies with ladies, men with men. She had, she actually had to take, like, a second glance. Mm-hmm. Like, be like, oh, there's an orgy happening in there. And then was like, hmm? And she was like, Th- them some ladies with some ladies. <laughs> and those are definitely two men. And and then I put, what happens at the orgy stays at the orgy. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's Perfect. These edgy, unapologetic, sexually enlightened blues singers paved the way for women in rock and roll and changed the face of music forever. Hmm. Period. End of story. You ended on an orgy. I... <laughs> don't we all... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we don't. We, d- we, we never do, actually. Gosh... <laughs> best way to Mm, that's a happy ending Mm. oh (laughs) see what it did there i thought it was funny it was thanks that was very interesting thank you i i like that story yeah i like that (sighs) lots of lots of good times had. lots of them (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. danny scribbling notes hold on please hold you know when i say please hold you could just talk. We're, we're waiting. I think Danny's making a joke that's already passed because she's taking too long to write. <laughs> I read, so when I was learning about Madam C.J. Walker, there was a bit about the house that she bought in Harlem mm-hmm. that I didn't look into because I was like, this isn't important. Um, But I didn't know why it was famous, but it had its own Wikipedia entry. It had its own Wikipedia entry? Sure, yeah. Well. I didn't look into it at all because I was like, you gotta focus. You know what kind of shit was going down now? Hair care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know why you don't have a microphone, so you can just pop in with your little peanut gallery comments. I'm just saying. She's not going to say anything because she doesn't not. have a mic. She's, <laughs> she's going to write me another rude note. Let her speak! <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. My name is Kiana. I have a story. <laughs> oh, I was like, my name is Betty, Doing what I can. Gonna. What? No. Ferngully? Nobody? What's that? What? Did you just say, what's that? Yeah. To Ferngully? No. It... I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a really great movie about these, like, pixies. Like, fairies who live the rainforest oh that sounds more familiar yeah I don't think I know what it and is still, though. they come in and they're trying to like <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to cut down all the trees and they're Robin Williams is the voice of a mm-hmm. bat who's mm-hmm. been like tested on so he's a little he like short circuits Nope. oh he's funny okay you know what add Fergley to the list of movies Kiana needs to watch I will Oh, the list is so long. It is. Okay. I haven't seen a lot. <laughs> oh, we had to open the window because we're sweating our balls off in here. <laughs> sweat, <sighs> sweat them off so hard we're. Moxie They're gone, ladies. Now. We are in moxie. <laughs> just poof. They've evap They've turned into dust. <laughs> That's a good one. It's not the noise I wanted to make. <laughs> to oh, it's not. The way you looked when you did that, it looked like you were blowing a smoke ring. <laughs> okay, can I? Okay, yeah, go for it. So I'm going to talk to you today about Margaret ipple I don't know who that is. That, I didn't know who she was before, too. Oh, okay. okay. I've been, for the sake of keeping our stories new and uh-huh. like unique, or I have been picking specific countries. And going top oh, 10 ladies from this country. Perfect. And then kind of reading through and then picking who I like. Mm-hmm. And so I picked Margaret April. It's spelled A K P O, but the way they were pronouncing it was Sans K. Okay. So I'm going to do what they did April. April. So to my sources are Women in the Political Process and Human Rights The Nigerian Experience by Na- Nima Abdulrahim which was an actual journal article that I read. Oh. It wasn't, wasn't. Look at you. I was like, ooh, I'm academic. <laughs> um, an article from DW.com called Margaret Eppel, uh, Pioneering, an article called Pioneering Feminism in Nigeria. Article from Nigeria Galleria. And Information Nigeria. And a little bit of Wikipedia, but not really this time. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited. This is, we're delving into a new continent Oh wait I just oui. did at, at Egypt oh yeah well tomato different country this is yeah. exciting though yeah real quick I have to tell you this hysterical story okay it'll be super fast so Danny's on the phone with mm-hmm. her dad mm-hmm who's hysterical um unintentionally <laughs> and he's telling Danny about this guy that he's friends with and how he was just in Israel mm-hmm Doing baptisms and stuff like that, and Danny goes, "Oh, what? Like, what river was it?" And her dad goes, oh, "It was like the Nile. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, the Nile is in Egypt, mm-hmm. and Egypt is in Africa." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "What? Who moved Egypt?" <laughs> And then Danny made another geography joke that went over his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so now it has just kind of become like a thing mm-hmm. that we say, uh, just when you're exasperated about something, <laughs> you're very shocked or surprised. What? Who moved Egypt? <laughs> so I'm trying to work that into my, my, uh, language. You had the chance with the Egypt episode. <laughs> I did, and I compl- we both missed it because Danny didn't remind me of it until just now. Until just now. Okay, Margaret Apo. Appo. Appo. Yeah. So she was born July twenty seventh, nineteen fourteen, in Creektown, Cross River State, which is in the southeastern, which is in southeastern Nigeria. To her parents, that I didn't look up. <laughs> Okay. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> or I just couldn't find. There's there's not a lot written about her. Okay. So, at the time of her birth, Nigeria was under British rule, and women were unable to vote, but were fighting to gain some rights back at this time. Margaret received an education and reached Standard 6 of the school-leaving certificate in 1934. So, that's, I think that's just senior in high school and our... Tra- gotcha. Translated. I was like... That was confusing. What does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> okay. So she had hoped to further her education, but the same year that she received her school leaving certificate, her father died. Mm. And her further education had to be put on hold. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to school, she became an elementary school teacher. Was just, oh, wow. She's just living her life. Um, a few years after becoming a teacher, she got married to a man. <laughs> Oh, just so everybody knows real quick, my cat's on the other side of the closed door and is very curious about what he's, what we're doing. And I think he's like kind of pressing against the door Candace Kiana's right next to it and she's getting quite frightened. I just didn't know what, I didn't know if it was, what was happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a few years after becoming a teacher, she got married to a man named Dr. John Udo Eppel. Together they moved a few miles away to the city of Abba. While living in ABBA, 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 while living with the Swedish band ABBA. (laughs) My dream come true. (laughs) While they were living there, her husband was unhappy with the way that the colonial administrators were treating indigenous doctors. Okay. Because he was a doctor. Yeah. And he wanted to do something about it. However, unfortunately, Mm. Mm. he couldn't, as a civil servant, uh, attend the public meetings where they would discuss the discriminatory practices of the British Empire and uh, where they would fight cultural and racial Im- the imbalance in the nation. Wait, he couldn't go to these because he was a civil servant. Hmm. I think it has to do with like if he was caught there he would lose his job. Oh. Or like it would be biased or Okay. So he I couldn't mean, attend them. I get it, but also not no. Yeah, that seems wrong. Yeah, if anybody's gonna know what the fuck's going down, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna <laughs> it's be, gonna a be civil someone who's among the people all yeah. the time. Yeah, okay. Uh, but he couldn't go, so Margaret was like, "That sucks. I'll go in your place." Mm-hmm. And so she went and attended the meetings and took notes for him and and like brought them back, and then he would look over them and then tell her she was spying. Kind kind of <laughs> not really. You know what? It in was my an mind, open meeting. <laughs> in my mind, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna think she was like, she was like, ooh, this is this is juicy. Well, she did. So this was her the, her first direct participation in a political discussion. Because uh-huh. prior to, she was in school, and then she was a teacher, and she didn't really get into it. Yeah. But while she was there, she was just like, the f- what is happening? Right. Colonial powers bad. and yeah they were (laughs) and yeah they were the fucking worst yeah they were really really bad and so she started she used this opportunity as a launching point for her own activism excellent so while attending these meetings she heard about a political rally that was going to happen and uh went to it to hear speeches from other activists so she's there she's fired up Mm -hmm. she's ready to fight for the rights against colonial powers and she looked, she's looking around at all the other people there and then realizes that she's the only woman in attendance. Ooh, girl. So everybody else at this big rally were men, and she was the lone woman in attendance. Fuck yeah. Good for her. Right. <laughs> um, but she saw this and thought, oh no, this will not do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be the only woman here fighting for our rights, mm-hmm. because in addition to fighting for our rights as a country and a nation we should be fighting for our rights as women because a lot of times when colonial powers took over, they sort of enforced the idea of gender roles in ways mm-hmm. that were not necessarily what had happened previously in that culture. Absolutely. So she was like, well, we got to fight too. And so she set out to find a way to encourage women to join her at these rallies and in the discussions and in, in, in the talk of how, did, how to Ooh. free Nigeria mm-hmm. from the, these powers? Girl power, get it. However, oh, this God brain Damn. This so many, however. I, I, my, your ums, my however. <laughs> I say however to everything. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have to go through my like academic papers. or oh, with control F. However, okay. How else do I say however? <laughs> I just say it so many. Mid- okay, anyways. <sighs> Her brain, the the brain stem. <laughs> The brainstorming session had to be put on hold because in 1946, her husband had to be taken to Ireland for medical attention. Mm. It wasn't clear why. Why? Okay. It also wasn't clear... Why Ireland? I don't know. All right. It wasn't clear why Ireland. It wasn't clear if it was medical attention or he was... Because he's a doctor. Oh, like if he was going to... To perform medical attention to somebody? Or if he was getting it. Yeah. Okay. It just... It didn't... There wasn't a lot about her husband, but Mm. she found herself in Ireland and no longer in Nigeria. So, while she was there, she was like, well, I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to sit here and twiddle my thumbs waiting to go back to Nigeria. So, she went there and started studying at the Rathmeen School of Domestic Economics and got a degree in domestic economics. Mm, okay. So she's like, I'm an educated bitch now. She is. Yeah. Her dream has, has come true. Yeah. So she, that's why earlier it was pause on her further education because mm-hmm. she did get it. And, um, they moved back and she had become more aware of growing movements for civil rights for women. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> okay. She got her degree. <clears throat> As she was outside of her home country, she had become more aware of growing movements, movements for civil rights for women around the world and wanted the women in her own country to fight, to fight the discriminatory and oppressive political rule. Colon- colonialism played in the subjugation of women more. Sure. She just didn't feel like it was at the same rate that other countries were going. Exactly. All these other countries are, like, moving by leaps and bounds, and mm-hmm. she's like, we need to pick up the pace here. Let's yeah. let's get on the same ball as everyone else. Yeah. And to, to be fair about Nigeria, as I said earlier, the gender roles were imposed on them, so they had picked up what the women in other countries were fighting for mm-hmm. later than yeah that. because it was never an issue mm-hmm. until they were colonized and then they were like oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it sort of and it also in the forefront of political movements Nigerian independence was definitely the first and foremost in every most people's minds in Nigeria okay so it's like yes we have to fight for women's women's rights but also, it'd be nice if we can do it as our own independent power, rather than somebody underneath. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, it's, it's not like they were doing nothing. I don't want to say that. <laughs> so, she's doing this. She's bettering herself. They move back to Nigeria. And she wasted no time and founded her own school there. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, where she trained girls in dressmaking and home economics. And also, at this time, she organized a woman market associ- association to unionize women workers in the mar- in the marketplaces uh-huh. places cuz they were usually the ones to have market stalls and stuff. So, the organization promoted female solidarity as a way to expand both their economic rights and political rights. It's like you can have po- money talks. Perfect. The more money yeah. you have, the more say you have in yeah. what happens in the government not how it should be all the but time. But it is. But it is. What it is. You're more likely to be listened to. Mm-hmm. And it was really great, but she had trouble getting women to join in. As was common throughout most of the world at this time, women didn't have much rights and they could only do stuff with the permission of the f- male figures in, the life, in their lives. Oh. So they had to have permission from fathers, brothers, husbands. Boo. Um, oh. And they... It was common that the men were sort of tentative to allow women to go to these meetings. Yeah, and have have their power. Yeah, but because Margaret's a badass bitch, yeah, she's she is. like, this won't do. This is for your own fucking good. You will listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, she made a plan, and that was basically made it impossible not to join this organization. What was this plan? What was this plan? You ready? Mm-hmm. So. Well, let me tell you why this plan was important first, because that's the way my notes are written. can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me why this was important. Oh my God, that was a <laughs> that was that was a Shatner impression <laughs> if I ever heard it, and I'm the biggest <laughs> Star Trek fan, and I know. Oh gosh! Before we get to what the movement was, mm-hmm. we'll get our, what we get her. would've Tell me why it is important. I'll tell you why, please. <laughs> so, colonial colonial i like when you say colonial it makes me giggle a little bit (laughs) why i don't know why it just it's colonial It just colonial blah blah it i always say it just a little bit wrong (laughs) maybe that's why i enjoy it so much (laughs) so colonial administrators had a habit of imposing special taxes on the market women of course they did. Dick. So, and they were, they were responsible for the, uh, for supplying the food to the growing urban population in many Nigerian cities. So if they mm. had these taxes and they couldn't pay them and they were put out of business, there would be starving people in most of the growing cities in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And this had previously been a point of contention a few years earlier, and it had led to the What is known as the ABBA woman riots, which I'm going to probably talk about either in another episode as its own topic, or if we ever get our Patreon up and going, we can do a special episode on, on what this was. Okay. But essentially they, it was a, it was a riot of women. (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) Who just kind of went around town and was like, stop doing this. Taxes are unfair. You're killing everybody. This is bullshit. And it it worked. Oh. They didn't. They stopped imposing taxes for a bit. But they were, it was still a point of worry. Mm-hmm. And so Margaret was like, if we unionize. She was too young to uh, participate in the riots before. But she's like, oh. if we unionize, they will not be able to do this to us. Mm-hmm. Because we will be a collective group bargaining for yeah. our rights. So she was like, you have to join. Now I'm going to get into what this plan was. Tell me. You ready? Lay it on me. So, post-World War II is where we're, where we're living in right now. Okay. There was a salt shortage. Salt? Salt. Okay. Salt shortage. A salt shortage. <laughs> and it was difficult to get a hold of him. Of salt. So, she went on a hunt and bought literally all the bags of salt that she could find, <laughs> giving her total control. <laughs> she had a monopoly on salt. She had a salt. monopoly of salt. Yes. And... Okay, just imagine your life without salt. Nope. You can't. Dead. It's so important. It's the worst. Like, preserving anything, flavoring. Also, your body needs it to function and, you know, process things. Yep. Exactly. I would die. die. Oh, I love salt. With all the salt in her control, (laughs) she ordered that only women who were members of the association could be sold to. (laughs) That's... Oh, I ha- that's a hell of a roundabout way to be like, hmm, looks like you're joining my group. Exactly. And it was like, oh gosh, it's so good. And I, it seemed like, in the way all the swords were in, the women wanted to join. Mm-hmm. But now, it was like, the men couldn't say no. Exactly. Be like, honey, I, I have to. Yeah. Do you want salt? I don't, we don't have a choice here. Do you like flavor? <laughs> <laughs> you like flavor, honey? and let me unionize. <laughs> um and I read that and I was like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Monopolies aren't great, but this is awesome. That is that's brilliant. Yeah. I just utilized the list. <laughs> <laughs> that was awe-inspiring. <laughs> Definitely the bee's knees. <laughs> <laughs> uh. In 1949, Eppo joined a protest that was... She joined a protest mm-hmm. that was protesting the killing of another protest. So, let me... Okay. Okay. So, there was a protest at a coal mine. Mm-hmm. Colonial powers came, killed those protesters. A protest came to protest the killing of those protesters. Got you check and she was one of the organizers for it and she made the day of mourning for victims and drew international attention to the incident which oh, wow. you never want international attention you sure don't because you yeah. got to figure that it's that's a PR nightmare that's a PR nightmare nobody <laughs> wants it <laughs> but she gave this like fiery empowering speech but because of it she was arrested and threatened with deportation how do you deport somebody from their home country? Good question. I don't know. That's How what do I'm at... oh. <laughs> <laughs> I meant. I was like, I don't know. Is this a lead up? Should I ask that? <laughs> no. no, she was threatened with it, which I don't that... get. But Wouldn't that be considered like exile? Yeah. But they're, they're like, it's, it's the 20th century. We don't say exile anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to deport you from the country that you're from. Where do you go? I don't know. It's hard. You would essentially, I guess... No. No. I was going to say you'd become a refugee, but refugees are explicitly, you have to leave a war in yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. I think they were bullshitting her. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they're like, we need to get this woman under control. How do we do it? I don't know. Threaten her with deportation. <laughs> well, with them threatening her, the women that she had empowered and this union that mm. she had built were pissed i bet they were and so they were like release her or we burn this bitch to the ground <gasps> <Yeah>! <laughs> perfect <laughs> and they did they released oh, her n- uh. no oh. <laughs> and they did burn that bitch <laughs> to the ground i was like oh my god <laughs> no they released her um because women get shit done yeah mm. well and like if your whole Essentially, your whole economy—if the markets, at least—yeah, run on the women running it. How are you going to run anything without human? women? Women. <laughs> okay, so she's free now, and in the nineteen fifties, she joined the National Council of Nigerian and the Cameroons, which was a platform that represented marginalized groups and pers- pers- <laughs> and pushed for decolonization. Here, she was nominated to the Regional House of Chiefs, and she created a woman's wing of this council. Dang. To empower other women leaders. Yeah, she did. And so, with all the women she was empowering, and and they were becoming successful in their own rights, they had turned into a political pressure group. So, it's sort of like, our opinions Mm -hmm. matter. Weird. And if you don't comply <laughs> things might get a little messy maybe just just a thought maybe you should listen to yeah. what we're saying because consequences mm-hmm. maybe yeah maybe. maybe just maybe i like it and in a 19 in a 1955 election women had outnumbered men voters in a citywide election although they didn't actually have the formal right to vote until 1979. hmm But they just, they just showed up and were like, nah, we're voting. Thanks, bye. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can they do that? Are they can allowed they to do that? Can <laughs> But when yeah. you outnumber... Yeah. I mean, I suppose you can make whatever fucking rules you want if... Yeah. And at the very least, it's a symbolic bout of like, yeah. this is what we wanted. Mm, you didn't listen to us? That's funny because we're the majority. <laughs> But they just think it's funny. So <laughs> sassy. And in, so that was in 1955. In 1953 and 1958, she was one of the delegates appointed to attend the constitutional conferences between the British officials and Nigerian delegates in London to prepare for Nigerian independence. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she was there and attended all of the meetings, except she did it in an advisory capacity. And was not given the chance to formally speak, uh-huh. but it meant a lot that she was there. <laughs> yeah. To come from nothing and then be like, yeah. climb this ladder to be like, I'm here, let's uh, let's talk business. Mm-hmm. And having a direct involvement yeah. in the independence of your country. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. And subsequently, Nigeria gained independence October 1st, 1960. whoop. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. whoop. And in 1961, she became a formally elected official in the Eastern Regional House of Assembly. Essentially, I believe, Congress. Mm. Which was making her the first woman in Congress, but along with other women that she had organized to along with her, Uh were also elected, so she wasn't the standalone one woman. But yeah. Um, She continued there to fight for women's issues and economic progress, and... One of the main things that she really did was build better roads, which are super important mm-hmm. to and from the marketplaces. Sure are. And that's no- most notably what she was known for. And in 1963, she was nominated as the Nigerian representative at the World Women's International Domestic Federation Conference. That's a mouthful. It is. But that's super exciting. Yeah. What an honor. She's yeah. She's great. She's just doing her activist yeah. thing. One of her goals has already been fully realized. Nigerian independence, Mm -hmm. that's no small feat. No, that sure the hell isn't. Sure the hell's not a small (laughs) feat. we're gonna just, we're just gonna, you know, free our entire country. Yeah. Like, she's like, oh, okay, here we go. (laughs) Let me just stretch a little and then let's get to work. Yeah. And it was her and all her, all her gals. All her gals. Oh, yes. Love it. She held a prominent role in politics up until there was a military coup in 1966 in Nigeria. And at that point, she kind of stepped back a bit, but was still involved. Mm -hmm. And I think the step back was not voluntary. Because under a military coup, the military is then running the government. And it's less so about elected officials. It's about following whatever they tell you to do. Yeah. Really. So she was still vocal about all of her interests until her political career ended completely after the, the Nigerian Civil War began. During this time, she was arrested and detained for three years for unknown reasons. Oh. And it might have been due to her vocal disapproval Mm -hmm. of certain groups. Damn, three years? Yeah. Uh, the, The conditions were poor and she became ill due to malnutrition. But in spite of it all, she was never bitter about it. And I took the quote out, but it was something along the lines of like, you know, if this is what I have to do for us to figure shit out, fine. Because she really, she really put the country first above her and was doing her best to get, you know, shit done. Mm -hmm. Um, The Civil War ended in 1970, but she continued to live a quiet life after this. And she was alive for when women got the right to vote in 1979, but she didn't, she didn't like have the hand in that Uh uh at that exact moment. In 2001, the Nigerian president renamed an airport after her near her hometown as a tribute to her contribution to the country. And in 2006, she died of natural causes at the age of 92. Dang. Yep. That's... She lived a full fucking life. Yeah, she did. She got shit done. Yeah. Uh, She will always be remembered for mobilizing women in rich or poor uh to fight for their economic and political rights and for her role in Nigerian independence. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That broad has got moxie. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> she was really cool to read about. I wish I wish there was more. Yeah, to hear about but the I get the main issue is that I don't speak other yeah. languages, mm-hmm. which is the issue, which is the issue that I had with the Sukuban girl game it too. It is, yeah. Is that you the only thing I am getting is what's translated, mm-hmm. what is deemed translatable. Mm hmm. So. Everything. There's so much more to these stories, but because of language barriers and, and you know, and like, or some of the real old ones, mm-hmm. there's just not information yeah. that was ever like recorded. Mm hmm. So that I was, she was awesome. Cool. That's so cool. Also, I love that you were just like, hmm what country should I go to this week and like that's how you chose I think mm-hmm. that's great that's how I got Georgiana buyer too was it I was like New Zealand top 10 women perfect yeah I, ju- I did Micronesian woman top 10 women and it was like nope <laughs> <laughs> where yeah. can we where can we triangulate you to to this mm-hmm. uh, like eh, right about here <laughs> <laughs> earlier today I was talking to Zeth about because, obviously, we, we, we cover one woman each week. Mm-hmm. Broads hmm with Moxie. hmm And it is my birthday. I was going to cover myself. <laughs> like, today, I'm going to talk about moi. <laughs> Today's woman is Kiana Henry. She was born April 15, 1996 to parents Ken and Brenda Henry. <laughs> but I haven't done anything. Margaret, fantastic. Fantastic. Margaret. Margaret. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. That is remarkable. Is that, that was... Re- <laughs> Shit. Uh, let's see. Let's see. That was... A1. Pre- oh, phenomenal. Did you point that Stupendous. one out? Stupendous. Specifically? We can't use Did you all of them. say pacifically? <laughs> No, I think I said specifically. Yeah, I, I could have made. Have I don't know. We have it on tape. I don't we think do you did. Shit. Them. I also said creamed corn. So who knows what's gonna happen? Add that to the list of great creamed corn. Oh, Gosh. Well, is that it? That's yep. that's all we got for you guys. Yep, we've come to the end. We have. I want to do. I want to do the social medias this time. Okay. Okay. So. Thank you to all of our listeners and our followers. If you're a listener but not a follower yet. (laughs) Um, You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at that broads got moxie. And you can follow us on Twitter at broads got moxie. Mm -hmm. If you feel so inclined to reach out to us or add, what are those called? Add anecdotes onto our stories. Mm -hmm. Please feel free to email us at that ThatBroadScoutMoxie at gmail.com. That's right. Okay. <laughs> and, guys, we need some reviews and ratings, so get on it. All 286 of you. Last time I checked, but that was a couple weeks ago. When this comes out, it will have been a couple weeks ago that I checked it. <laughs> it will be, like, a month ago. <laughs> I'm digging a hole. <laughs> Point is, rate, review, and subscribe and uh, let us know what you think. We want to hear, we want to, we want to see all your, you know, all thoughts. your, all your thoughts, all your, all your good comments. Comment, <laughs> just you know, and just for me, comment a secret. Yeah, for my birthday. Oh. Give me a secret. Yes, we want, we want <laughs> super secret for super secrets for Kiana's birthday. Also, it's my birthday, so fucking rate reviews. Yes, <laughs> fucking if you don't, Kiana's gonna be upset for the whole week of her birthday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'll cry real tears no you won't you're a liar will you really no okay i didn't think so <laughs> <laughs> i was like "Kana's not a crier i'm a fucking cry i'm a are you kidding me i've never seen you cry that's because i wait until i'm in that true area but i'm alone a lot <laughs> <laughs> well it's a secret crying that's a secret crying, <laughs> a secret crying. <laughs> oh man okay well thanks again thanks again um, Stay moxie. I'm bringing it back. I don't care. Don't do it. I can't. I can't. We need to work on it. Maintain your moxie. Ma- we are <laughs> not vehicles. m m m moxie <laughs> Goodbye. <I want> a- <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>